Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Folks, there is a lot of news out of the Saints organization, and here to talk to us about it is Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Noel. How are you? Mike, it's been quiet for a long time over over at Saints training facility in the last five days. Um, there's a new announcement almost every day. Offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak is uh, on board. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say that probably behind the scenes it hasn't been so quiet. You know, you, with him being in the Super Bowl and, and doing all of that, you couldn't name him. You couldn't allow him to name his running backs, wide receivers, all with the fine. So, I think all of this has kind of been in motion. Kubiak interviewed, you know, twice early, and some would say maybe was the front runner. So yeah, you're right. As soon as it could be kind of official, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty fast and furious because other teams, you know, there are 30 teams that were not in this, uh, you know, the final the final game. So they've had somewhat of a uh, they could be doing some things, some things, not a lot. Uh, but the Saints had to wait, of course, until the game was over. Right. Your thoughts about Kubiak? I think it's interesting. I think, you know, certainly, you know, youth and and kind of his offensive philosophy, I, I, just looking at some of the numbers, what stuck out to me is that San Francisco was first in red zone touchdowns, 67.2%. They were fourth in the NFL on third down percentage, and Purdy threw about 70%. So, those three areas, if you think about third down, red zone touchdown, and where this team struggled at times, and just the ability to kind of grow a, a rookie quarterback in a purdy and still get 70% with 21 touchdowns and only 11 picks, you're going to flip that in, into a veteran who can probably handle a lot more. The question is who is going to be around uh, Derek Carr? Because clearly San Francisco has got some outstanding uh skill positions for so do the Saints. The question is can can they make that next jump, if you will. So then right on the heels of that, they announce Andrew Janoco as the quarterback's coach. I guess these are all folks that um I guess Clint Kubiak, you know, is, is kind of pulling together, right? Right. So some of these guys, so I mean when the when the Saints fired uh, Carmichael back in January, as well as Cody Burns and Bob Bicknell, then you kind of knew that it was going to be the new offensive coordinator's job to kind of put the people around him. So, and then since that time, they lost Kevin Carberry, Ronald Curry, 
uh, running backs Joel Thomas, Doug Marone, uh, either of their own volition or, you know, by way of the team. So you kind of knew that they, the, the Saints were setting the stage to, okay, we're going to have a, somewhat of a, of a clean slate for, for Kubiak to bring in who he wants to bring in. Uh, not in all situations. Some guys decided, you know, I'm not going to take the chance. Maybe, you know, took a, a job, you know, that might be horizontal. Uh, but, yeah, that's that, that's fairly typical to kind of clear the deck a little bit to, so that uh, Kubiak doesn't come in and go, well, you know, uh, I, you know I, I didn't pick these guys. These are my guys. Kind of like Dennis after his first year, I think in his second year, he was like, I'm going with my guys. Right, you know that 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 interim year after Sean, you know, was not. I don't think the staff that he probably would have put together, uh, totally. And so I feel like, you know, you you've got to bring your people and have your people around you, and I think that's what they're allowing Clint to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they they, I think they worked together at Minnesota. If my memory serves me correct. Yes, uh, he was in Minnesota. He worked at Denver twice. He coached at A and M. Now he's younger than Dennis Allen. He's only thirty six. He's thirty six, dude. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just getting older. But he's 30. a baby. <laughs> yeah, good gosh. Uh, and so yeah, he, he coached some in college, but he spent ten of his fourteen years uh, in the NFL, bouncing around uh, Denver, Minnesota, Denver twice. Um, yeah, so you know, he's had you know. Kirk Cousins, he's had you know Justin Jefferson, um, but yeah, I think I think there's a there's always I would suspect a certain familiarity or trust in that head coach, uh, offensive coordinator when you're not calling the plays, right? Kyle Shanahan was calling the plays, and and right. and Clint Kubiak was the passing game coordinator. So there's, there's a difference there. In Dennis's situation, he's calling the defensive plays, so they're they're. It does not surprise me that there is a level of familiarity and trust in that in that OC and Kubiak. Now, one of one of the ones that kind of piqued my curiosity was the hiring, uh, or I guess they have complete they've got him on as uh, Rick Dennison as the run game coordinator. Yeah, and then and then they have Derek Foster as uh, the running game, running backs coach. As the running backs I mean, coach, right? I think. Yeah, I mean. They're titles, right? I mean, this team needs to run the ball better, right? And uh, you know, in some cases, you can't move horizontally. You have to have you have to be promoted, and so you know, they're titles. I, but I think it to me, what it says is this team is doing everything it can to be a more productive uh, run team because uh, when they've had their best years uh, throughout the last 20 it's when they've run the ball well and they have not run the ball well and so that's to me what it's what it's more you I mean you've got an offensive coordinator you've got a game coordinator you've got a quarterbacks coach i mean right so they're they're all working on the same thing but you know kind of different specialities if you will mike if you would i think a lot of people you know um i guess the saints have the every game every team has the necessity to run the ball some more than other because of the style of the quarterback and and folks have asked me and I don't really know the answer to the question is Derek Carr your uh, an RPO style quarterback probably not i mean he you know because there's not that that real threat to run right he can run the RPO yeah. 
and he can run that offense. But when you don't really have that threat to run, uh, not that he can't, um, you know, Drew Brees could have run the RPO, but we pretty much knew Drew wasn't going to run the ball. So you kind of take one of those factors out. Uh, Taysom can clearly run run the RPO, and there are others uh, back there. You know, to me, you got to, that's that is where you began that conversation of our my quarterback do it. Well, there's a difference between can he do it and is it the smartest thing to do for this offense? I think I think this offense has run the ball well without really having the RPO. If you're, unless you're talking about Taysom, um, you know, in, in 11 and 13 and in nine, those years when they've ran the ball really well, they weren't running RPO, man. They were just, you know, running Alvin up the middle, out wide, getting him in space. You know, the question is, what you know, what is Alvin, you know, what is the 2024 version of Alvin, of Alvin, given that he's he's healthy and that he's he's there the, the whole time. I just feel like the running game has to be more productive, and that kind of starts up front as well. You know, a lot of the changes that have been made have been along the offensive line. And, you're, you know, you've got number one draft picks, except for a, a second rounder, uh, that are there, some aging, some coming off, you know, some, some knee questions. Begins and I think this would would say that did not play as well in the trenches as it needed to to run the ball well or stop the run on on defense and so that's where I feel it begins. You know, can what what happens with Trevor Penning? This is the most important offseason of his career, um, and what happens with you know Andre Speed? Is he going to be allowed to left out? There's a lot of things out there. Who are the run stoppers on defense? I, I just feel in the trenches is going to be from a free agency draft situation and, and really maybe from a philosophical foundation where this team begins with. We are going to be better in the trenches. But everything else will fall into place if we're better in the trenches on both sides. Well, and I guess, it you know, one of the reasons I asked the question is it kind of highlights the the importance of this being able to run vertical, right, and and – I guess their focus with a run game coordinator, running backs coach, these are all titles, but you got it seems as though you have more people focused on running the ball and running it effectively and efficiently because you don't really have that threat of a running quarterback. Right. You're gonna have to do it with, with what you got. And and that's never really been a problem. The Saints have not had a running quarterback. Uh, in a sense, I mean you had those games with Jameis, but even at that point in, in Jameis's career he was not you know, he could run, but he wasn't like a, a run first guy. Uh, but, yeah, they 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 have always been able to run vertically. And quite frankly, in the NFL, in this day and time, it is so much harder to run on the edges than it ever has before. You have what they'll call linebackers, uh, you know, like a Micah Parsons. I mean, the speed on the outside of NFL defenses, to me, and this is me, uh, makes it so much harder to run outside. You've got to get out on that edge so much faster. So I'm not saying you can't do it. You can't make a living doing it, I don't think. It's not a because there's too much speed on defense now, especially on the outside. You've got to be able to run between the tackles and then – you know, throw in some 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 counter to the outside or some uh, some some zone 
outside zone read, stuff like that. But this team has made its bones running inside, whether it's, you know, Alvin, Ingram, you name it. And so it feels like the people are there, right? Uh, just need to kind of put it, put it together. But, but then I go back to it begins up front with your offensive line. Or maybe it's, you know, to, to me also you have Derek, you know, Derek Carr can be somewhat like Drew in that a four-yard pass is just as effective as a four-yard run on first down. And this team needs to do better on first down, right? You cannot get behind the sticks. And you get four yards in a pass, as Drew did, uh, is just as effective as, as a four-yard run by Alvin or Jamal Williams. You know, it's and, and you talk about, speed on the outside and um, on on the edges it's amazing to me how many tackles are made uh from the opposite side of the field of where the ball's being run by linebackers right, that literally yeah. cross you know two-thirds of the field to make the tackle i mean yeah. and you see that I, I think what, more and yeah. more every season you i have i, I the, the speed of which defenders and I'm talking mostly linebackers or what we'll call edge rushers, defensive ends who they they're linebackers, but they line up on the edge. And to me, the difference is when, when you, when you're unsuccessful in those plays, they're not, we only gain two. They're typically tackles for a loss. They're typically minus two, minus three because of the speed on the outside, either backside or just speed. So they don't just hurt you. They, really hurt you as they they end up being tackles for a loss and and not a gain. So you got to be got to be smart. You can do it. You got to have the right guys to do it. You got to have the right plays. You got to have the right alignment and a quarterback that can see what that alignment is. But you're right. I mean the man the, the speed, the backside speed is is more uh, prevalent in the NFL than than I think ever. Yeah. I, I, I love I love seeing it happen. I mean, it's just, you know. It's, I like it when it's our it, guys. Yeah, when it's our guys, exactly. Yeah. Not when it happens to us, when we're doing, no. when we're doing it to someone else. Exactly. So, um, I think it was yesterday, um, the Saints announced the possibility of moving training camp. Um, what are you hearing? Yeah, I think, you know, the Jeff Duncan wrote article, and it's been kind of because we knew they were working and doing construction work, renovation work on the cafeteria and the, which is adjacent to the indoor facility. And so I know that seems kind of minor and we had heard at one point they were ahead of schedule, but not really sure where that stands, but I know this and uh, every NFL head coach wants to take their team somewhere else, not because they don't love Metairie and, and the ability to practice in the heat and the indoors and the flexibility, they want those teams, these 90 guys, to be with them football all the time. Sean would say that unequivocally, right? I mean, now you can't do now what you did back in, you know, the 80s and 90s with lacrosse, with two-a-days and nighttime meetings. I mean, the CBA doesn't, doesn't permit as much anymore, but still. As a head coach, you got them. You got 90 guys who ain't going nowhere, who don't have wives and families and the, the challenges of, of home to deal with. You have them. And I think every coach, you know, would, would take that. And the ability, if it is Irvine, you have a lot of things in, in your favor. You know, it's, it's the weather's fine. You've got a lot of teams to practice 
with out there, Rams, Chargers, Cowboys, uh, that if you wanted to do. And I, I think this is just me again. I really think the Costa Mesa trip last year was so successful. I've done a ton of these uh, where they bring in, you know, you go practice for the team for two days. That was the most well-run, efficient two days of work with the Chargers prior to that, to the game that I just think that they went, man, this, this is nice. We can get some real work done, not looking at the skies and thunderstorms, not having to go inside, not having to deal with the heat. Uh, so, again, it's no, nothing's official, but it, it wouldn't surprise me uh, in the least if, if they ended up uh, somewhere in California, in Cal Irvine, you know, but it makes sense in another way, too, does it not, when you have so many new coaches coming in? I mean, you know, the Saints have not had this happen in a long time. Um, yeah, but that's you, you know, just, you've that's, had these kind of one-offs, but you got a whole new offensive staff yeah, coming same thing. in. So, right. You, yeah. you would have, you would have if, if the coaching staff had stayed the same, you would still want this. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's a land yap benefit, and you'll take it, right? You'll take it. It's about bonding coaches, bonding uh, with with new players, especially in key positions, offensively, you want them together uh, all the time, and that and that's what a trip one of these trips uh, affords you. Uh, Sean did it all the time, you know, when they would go to play in London, you know, they would go from Carolina, they wouldn't come home, they would go Carolina straight to London. I mean, it was about these these moments. Seattle, he would often go early to Seattle, stay late. Uh, it's about the ability to keep the team as together as you can uh, at the most important time. And there's no cuts. It's 90 guys. Uh, I just, you know, I feel like every coach would try if they could, uh, you know, to, to, to have that, to make that, to make that work. And we'll, we'll see if it does. It's been a while. Believe me. Uh, I spent basically a month out of my life for 12 years in lacrosse. So it was very, productive just because you had a lot of teams up there uh that you could practice against uh so it's 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 a it's a not really unique if you think about it look at all the teams that that aren't at home right uh so there's there's a reason for that yeah well it'll be interesting to see and it's not a cheap proposition either <laughs> i mean you're no, basically but I, you know i i think and I, I i don't think this gets probably said enough and that there was a time maybe when the Saints were thought of as a frugal franchise, those days are so long gone. Uh, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Lausha, they are the exact opposite of frugal. Uh, they stay, you know, they, they, they cater uh, to their players on the road. They, you know, they spend money on free agency. They spend money on the, the best of things. And so, um, yeah, it, it won't be uh, inexpensive, but, you know, when – when when Hurricane Ida hit, the Saints went and stayed at the Four Seasons for a month. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I can't. I would love to somehow guess at how many commas would be in that bill, because it was family <laughs> too. You know what I mean? It was, and so that was. You know, we'll, we'll, this team is not frugal. This team will spend where it feels like it needs to spend. No, for sure. Be interesting. A lot of changes, a lot of uh, excitement uh, around this. Uh, obviously, the fans were calling for it, and it happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was a whole lot of surprise. Once you once you once you start the domino at the top with Pete Carmichael, 
who we will see in Denver, you know, here, uh, I think, you know, that, that, in, that basically means four or five positions right off the bat because we're bringing yep. in a new OC. Be interesting to see. We will be we will be checking back with you for sure, Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you, Noah. Anytime. All righty, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.